This program is made possible by the members and donors to the show. For details, visit the membership tab at bestoftheleft.com. Now, welcome to the award-winning Best of the Left podcast with clips today from The Young Turks, Media Matters, The Rachel Maddow Show, Counterspin, The Jimmy Dore Show, The David Pakman Show, Comedian Lee Camp, Le Show, and The Matthew Filipovich Show with a bonus video clip for our Apple iOS and Android app users from the Occupy movie. Let's go to Mayor Bloomberg's defense of his moves in evicting Occupy Wall Street. What you're about to hear from Mayor Bloomberg is a string of lies. Now, understand as we go into this, why is Mayor Bloomberg shutting down Occupy Wall Street? And this never gets talked about in the press, even though it's the most obvious thing in the world. Mayor Bloomberg is a billionaire right now, thanks to Wall Street. That's his product. His product, when he was an entrepreneur and, and, and set up his own company, was not selling apples or selling oranges or selling widgets. It was selling a, ter- a Bloomberg terminal to Wall Street. That is his entire clientele. That's how he made all of his money and continues to this day to make all that money from Wall Street. So weird how Mayor Bloomberg has decided, hey, you know what, I should evict Occupy Wall Street. That's bothering my friends and clients down in Wall Street. Weird how that works. So, But let's go to his excuses. He says that uh, uh, the Zuccotti Park was also for passive recreation. I love this. The law that created Zuccotti Park required that it be open for the public to enjoy for passive recreation 24 hours a day. Ever since the occupation began, that law has not been complied with as the park has been taken over by protesters, making it unavailable to anyone else. I love that excuse. That's my favorite. No, no, you can't be active in this park. If you're choosing to exercise your First Amendment rights actively, no, 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 that's not American. If you were passive, if you were a sheep, and you go in the park and you graze there like, oh, what does Mayor Bloomberg tell me to do? Then you're fine. This is for passive usage, not for active usage. Didn't you read that part of the First Amendment that says, you, you have the right to speech and to free press and to redress of your grievances and protests, but only if you do it passively. Go, okay, Mayor Bloomberg. What a joke that was. Okay, and uh, now let's go to a second excuse. From the beginning, I've said that the city has two principal goals, guaranteeing public health and safety and guaranteeing the protesters' First Amendment rights. But when those two goals clash, the health and safety of the public and our first responders must be the priority. Yet another lie. What health and safety problems? You tell me you're gonna do this and this press savvy mayor is gonna come on here, not cite any examples. Where's the fire hazard? Cite an example. Where's the violence? Where's the health problems? Cite an example. He doesn't have a single example. Comes out there and says, oh, oof, boy, we were really concerned about that. What, what, is it? what are we making up? Fire hazard? Yes, fire hazard. Safety and health. Oh, absolutely. That's why we had to shut down First Amendment protests. Otherwise, we love the First Amendment. It's just, uh, oh, gosh darn it, that, that water? No, fire hazard. Yeah, that's our problem. Here we go again. No right is absolute, and with every right comes responsibility. The First Amendment gives every New Yorker the right to speak out, but it does not give anyone the right to sleep in a park or otherwise take it over to the exclusion of others, nor does it permit anyone in our society to live outside the law. 
Oh, I see. So first of all, are you outside the law when you uh, take away their First Amendment rights? No, only they are, right? So that's an interesting way of framing it. Second of all, I love that part in the First Amendment that I sh- apparently missed. Uh, you have the right to freedom of speech as long as you don't bring a tent or a sleeping bag or, or tarp. I, it's probably in there, but I didn't see it. It's like, oh, along with rights comes responsibilities. The responsibility for what? So for what? To make sure that you don't bother Wall Street? There's no excuse here. This is just one lie after another after another to say to his clients, am I doing a good enough job? Can I continue to get your money while I pretend to be the mayor of New York and actually care about all the citizens of New York while in fact my whole job is to serve you, Wall Street. I am here for your beck and call. This is a guy I actually made the terrible mistake of once respecting. (laughs) No more, that's for sure. The, The nonsense continues. We have an obligation to enforce the laws today to make sure that everybody has access to the park so everybody can protest. That's the First Amendment, and it's number one on our minds. Oh, I see. Look at George Orwell Bloomberg here. He cares about the First Amendment. That's why he's shutting down their protests and the right to speak so that other people can come by passively to the park and not use the First Amendment or use their First Amendment rights to not say anything. Have you ever heard of a dumber argument or a more obvious lie in your life? Well, at lunchtime, some guys used to come and not protest and not use their First Amendment rights, so I need to shut down your First Amendment rights so I can protect their First Amendment rights to eat a ham sandwich. (laughs) Grotesque. One more. We are now ready to reopen the park, but understand that there is a court order which we have not yet actually received in joining us from enforcing Brookfield's rules, and so the park will remain closed until we can clarify that situation. But I want to stress that our intention was to reopen the park and to let people go in and express their First Amendment rights to protest or their First Amendment's rights, R- Amendment rights to just peacefully enjoy the park. Yeah, Mayor Orwell makes a great point here. Originally, the judge says, you, I'm restraining you from kicking them out. You were wrong, okay? So Mayor Bloomberg looks at that and goes, oh, I see what you're saying, so I shouldn't allow them back in the park. The judge is like, no, 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 I'm saying the exact opposite. You have to allow them back in the park. Mayor Bloomberg during his press conference that you just saw says, well, obviously that means I can't allow them back in the park until I figure out what the judge is saying. Can you read? Do you have trouble reading? Are you illiterate? He, originally the judge said, you must allow them back in. He said, well, because of that, I cannot allow them back in because there's a ruling. Because it isn't about what the first judge said or what the second judge said. It isn't about the First Amendment. It isn't about any of that. It's about how can Mayor Bloomberg make more money off of Wall Street. He's not your mayor. He's the mayor of Wall Street. He's the mayor of the banks that he works for. This is the Media Matters Minute. I'm Danny Herrera. With the eviction of Occupy Wall Street protesters from Zuccotti Park, Fox News personalities returned to vilifying the two-month-old movement. The judge got it exactly right. They have a constitutional right to protest and freedom of expression. They do not have the right to camp there. About time is all I have to say. Now, we've heard their voices representing. Many have represented anti-Semitism anti-capitalism, anti-Americanism, we've had drug overdoses, we've had an open drug market, 
We've had people smoking pot in public, suicide, a shooting. Uh, the whole notion of Occupy Wall Street, that's not a sort of democratic movement of let's participate in the political process. The whole term Occupy is a kind of Marxist term for taking over these pieces of pro public property or private property, like it or not. These are our demands. We're dividing the country. For the 80% of you who listen to this program via the enhanced version of the show, which supports chapter markers, the following clip will include visual elements. If you have been on the internet in the last 24 hours, here's what the internet wants you to know about. The internet wants you to see this photo by a Seattle Post Intelligence or photographer named Josh Trujillo. This is a photograph of an 80-year-old, 84-year-old woman just after she was pepper sprayed in the face by Seattle police. Seattle police broke up a we are the 99% occupied demonstration in that city last night. They used pepper spray in mass quantities, as you see here, to break up that demonstration. Here's a report from the local Fox affiliate. Dozens of protesters were hit, including this pregnant woman. An 84-year-old elderly woman was also sprayed. And just moments before, one woman had told us about taking a breather. Folks thought that we'd take a little short rest here. But that wasn't in the cards. This was the second time today pepper spray was used. Now, there's been a lot of interest generated about this 84-year-old woman who was hit with pepper spray. We can tell you online tonight, a lot of emails, comments, sharing of her pictures. She says she's doing okay and credits not being trampled in the crowd because a war veteran came to her aid. The website Think Progress Today posted this video showing the moment when that Iraq war veteran escorted this elderly woman to safety, uh, and he introduces himself to her. You'll, you'll see this shows the immediate aftermath of the pepper spraying. It's a little confusing at start. Uh, people are hurt, right? You can tell that there's some confusion, but then there's this big strapping guy with this elderly woman who's just been pepper sprayed, and he's telling her that she's safe. He says, uh, he says, I think what he says there is, I just got out of the army. I'm Sergeant Walls. You're safe. The woman who was pepper sprayed, uh, her name is Dorley Rainey. She is 84 years old. After the incident last night, she wrote an email to an alternative paper in Seattle called The Stranger describing what had happened. Here's what she said. Quote, something funny happened on my way to a transportation meeting in Northgate. As I got off the bus at 3rd and Pine, I heard helicopters above. Knowing that the problems of New York would certainly precipitate action by Occupy Seattle, I thought I'd better check it out. Free speech does have its limits, as I found out, as the cops shoved their bicycles into the crowd and simultaneously pepper-sprayed the so-captured protesters. If it had not been for my hero, Iraq vet Caleb, I would have been down on the ground and trampled. This is what democracy looks like. Then she said, it certainly left an impression on the people who rode the number one bus home with me. In the women's movement, there were signs which said, screw us and we'll multiply. Screw us and we'll multiply. She's 84. 
Joining us now for the interview is my friend John Hodgman, author of the new book, That Is All. Uh, he's also, and I think this is a Rachel Maddow show first, he's a self-described deranged millionaire. Uh, Mr. Hodgman, thank you for being here. Hello, Rachel. How are you? I'm, I'm good. It's uh, nice to see you. You too. Do you mind if I take my shoes off? No, that's fine. I, I just would feel more comfortable. I understand you're an eccentric, deranged millionaire. Well, I can, now that I have my money right, I can do whatever I want and no one can stop me. I have rights in this country now. Um, you just, you better? You feel better? My socks are still on, but we'll deal with that later. Is that mustache real? It is. It's very real. It's awesome. Thank you. Watching that footage uh, from Seattle last night, yes. tear gassing 84-year-olds uh, here in New York City. Mayor Bloomberg ordered everybody uh, camped out at Occupy Wall Street to scram, cleared out Zuccotti Park. Good for Bloomy. Really? Yeah. Does it matter? He was doing his part. Does it does it matter for the importance of this movement that it is a billionaire mayor who is now the yes. Occupy figure? Yes, it's perfect. Yes. <laughs> it couldn't be more perfect. I mean, not to not to discredit the movement and and their goals, whatever they may be, but it is a little bit like Herman Cain. It is an art project. It is a demonstration of something. They chose one of the weirdest places in the world, a publicly, a privately owned public space, an exercise in contradiction, Brookfield's own weird art project, to find out what is a public space, to put themselves in the way of Wall Street, to see what would happen if you know, Wall Street traders had to look at hippies all day, every day, forever and ever. And when the masters of the universe had to listen to drum circles all day long, who was going to blink first? The confrontation of this kind was inevitable and I think could only have been part of the project. There was no better way than to have a billionaire operating the request of a major corporation to send in police to kick everybody out and then throw a bunch of books in the garbage. I mean, he might as well be a paper mache puppet in an anarchist parade. <laughs> Does does this in in understanding it that way? It means that the uh, you're saying that the establishment essentially blinked first. That Wall Street blinked first. The protesters were perfectly happy to stay, but the establishment couldn't handle it, and so they had to force them out. Does that mean it has been sort of a victory for the protesters? Well, I think that it is a certainly a, a, a turning point because it is a, essentially a wonderful closing act in a in a long period of of tense confrontation. At some point, this confrontation was going to happen. And I think that, to some degree, this is the perfect way for it to end. Because if the, if the occupation had dissipated because of the winter, if the occupation had turned ugly because it had been co-opted by people who didn't have the best intentions or whatever, uh, it wouldn't send the message that everyone's getting today, which is that there, there are tensions here that need to be resolved. So. Can I see your um, sock, please? Your sock. Sure. Hang on. I just want to confirm that. There, yeah. All right, sorry. <laughs> I meant on your foot, but that's oh, no, okay. No, that's, no, that's all right. Yeah, that's fine. Now I feel much better. Now I can be comfortable. What do you think that the protesters should should do now that they have been kicked out of Zuccotti Park? Well, let or me at least tell kicked you. out for staying overnight. Well, I mean, it's a real it's a real question. I mean, here's the thing: if if you consider it a demonstration, a, a kind of an art project, I know from years in entertainment, the show goes on too long, it eventually becomes accused of spreading tuberculosis everywhere. That's why they had to close Cats, right? What is the what is the next logical thing? Occupying bridges, uh, decrepit bridges in particular, that's a great way to destroy some bridges. Maybe they'll have to build new ones then. Do you know what I mean? In Boston, the Occupy Boston protesters actually say they are going to demonstrate at the Charlestown Bridge, but just right next to it. Because they are sure. worried that if they walk onto the Charlestown Bridge, the yeah. you know, century-old rivets in the bridge will all pop into the river and then that'll be it. That would certainly make a statement. Yes. And that's what liberals do best, right? Make great, beautiful, descriptive statements about things. But what could you do? You could have some... You you could have one person standing in there perpetually and shifts, so, you know, forever or whatever. 
But you know, it, it's hard to say. I, I think they need. I think they need someone to organize this a little bit. You think they need a leader? Yeah, well, a CEO. I, maybe me, for example. Are you available? Well, sure. And you know, I, I don't know anything about running a business, but uh, I don't have to. I'm an art project too. I'm like <laughs> Herman Cain too. And the thing is, they're sitting on. They're practically millionaires themselves. They're sitting on half a million dollars of donations. Give that to me. I'll put that in some mortgage-backed securities. I'll make them all deranged millionaires in three weeks. That's the American dream, right? Have you considered donating copies of your new book, That Is All, uh, to the uh, Occupy Wall Street People's Library? I actually, I was actually had been invited to go down to the library before this happened, and I haven't been able to because I've been on on this book tour, and I've seen the Occupy movement in Portland, and I've seen it uh, in Boston, all through the windows of town cars, of course. But I was very impressed, <laughs> and I was really looking forward to going down to the library, and it really hurt my heart. I mean. No disrespect to 84-year-olds being sprayed with pepper spray. That is awful, obviously, on its literally on its face. But there is something really bad too about throwing books away. That is a demonstration of political force that never cheers anyone.、No. You know what I mean? And it, it, to me, it just seems so blinkered and weird、uh, that they actually chose to do that. I will also note, for the record, just as a favor to the people who are doing this, that messing with librarians never ends well. Oh no, for no, anybody no. except the librarians. No, no, they will put you in order. That's what、you. they do. That's exactly right. They put things in order. John Hodgman's new book is called "That Is All." It's brilliant.、Yeah. As are you. It's nice to see you. Oh,、friend. it's lovely to see you. Thank you for being Thank here.、You. Since we got the interweb, these hardly get used. I hope you enjoyed this show, but also consider it a valuable tool for not only aggregating but more importantly amplifying our view of progressive politics in the world. So if that's true, I ask you to support this work by becoming a member of the show at whatever level you're able, as anything from a basic leftist up through the ranks of socialist, communist, satanist, or even the most reviled level of support, George Soros. I produce 11 episodes a month of fearless coverage on all the hot button issues we face, maintaining a rock solid schedule. So if that sounds worth supporting, please consider signing up to donate as little as five. Five dollars a month, or even fifty-five dollars a year. Members also gain access to bonus audio and video content that doesn't make it into the show itself. So, for a concrete way to support a strong progressive voice, please visit the membership tab at bestoftheleft.com. The crackdown on the Occupy Wall Street camp, along with crackdowns at others around the country, coincided with an uptick in media coverage portraying the protests as violent, unsanitary threats to public safety. The November 16th Washington Post sounded more like Fox News Channel when it posed this question in a news article: "Quote: Is this an occupation?" Or an infestation. Close quote. Meanwhile, the political leader responsible for the crackdown, New York Mayor Michael Bloomberg, was given an odd description by the New York Times. In a piece about his action against the camp, Bloomberg was referred to as a quote champion of the First Amendment. Close quote. It's not clear what one would have to do to be designated as such, but those who can remember back to the 2004 Republican National Convention might recall that New York engaged in massive spying on and infiltration of protest groups, mass arrests of peaceful protesters, and some preventative detention of protesters who were trying to exercise their First Amendment rights. The city has been forced to pay out millions of dollars in legal settlements and continues to resist efforts to release files relating to the police department's suppression. Of speech, given Michael Bloomberg's record on stop and frisk arrests, perhaps the Times will call him a Fourth Amendment champion too.
So what's been happening is this uh, coordinated uh, countrywide, nationwide coordinated attack on the uh, peaceful protesters by a bunch of, uh, I don't know, brain dead cops uh, macing uh, pregnant women and 84 year old ladies and uh, hitting college kids with batons. And uh, you've never seen a baby used as a weapon, obviously, Jimmy. I ha- I, you know what? I haven't. Well, not one still. Then why don't you hold your tongue and you, till you've <laughs> seen a baby shoot out of a woman and kill a cop? <laughs> Uh, you know what? You, I should bite my tongue. Thank you, Paul. That's why you're here. Okay, so now... Uh, and the so, batons they hit them with, did they steal them from the Philharmonic? Oh, uh, I don't think so, Frank. So here's billionaire Mayor Bloomberg, millionaire Mayor Bloomberg, telling us how suppressing free speech is the responsible thing to do and some more perfectly reasonable reasons why he had to evict the Occupy Wall Street protesters. Some have argued to allow the protesters to stay in the park indefinitely. Others had suggested that we just wait for winter and hope the cold weather drove the protesters away. But inaction was not an option. I like how he frames it, you know, either way, the important thing is we have to get rid of these people. Mm -hmm. We all know we have to get rid of them. Some people say just wait for the winter, Mm -hmm. but (laughs) inaction is not an option. We got to get rid of these people now. And you know why? Because all my billionaire friends were laughing at me at the billionaire club, and I can't have this, okay? Jimmy, those pros... Hang on, there's a little bit more to what he has to say. Hold on. We could not wait for someone in the park to get killed or to injure another first responder before acting. When yeah, yes, some, those pro, yes, those protesters' lives were in danger because, uh, you know, the mayor and the cops really wanted to kill them. <laughs> Very yeah. angry at them. Very angry. And the park is for everybody to enjoy, especially people who like things the way they are. <laughs> exactly. Okay? Yeah. Well, I, they need to clear the protesters out because uh, I can tell you the awkwardness of poor people having to watch the shuttling of bags of money in and out of a building is <laughs> very awkward very it's very awkward and, and, and when he was saying we had to prevent the murders of innocent people i think he was meaning like the rest of the ruling class which always gets it when a re- revolution happens all right is that who he's talking about sooner or later yeah sooner or later you know uh, also, I think he, he went to add, also, this protesting in the park stuff is really starting to catch on. So we got to get rid of it. So, yeah. I mean, so, so when someone asked him, so it's all about safety for Mayor mm. Bloomberg. He said it's all about safety. Well, why doesn't he let them, he owns like five homes. Why doesn't he put them up in one of his homes if he's so concerned about their safety? So, some, so he's saying all this. So someone said, what, what safety, can, what are you talking about? What, what first responders were injured? Have, have there been any reports of, of, of people being, and here's what he said to that. There have been a number of everyday small either accusations which are hard to prove when the police can't even get there to see what's really going on. Huh. 
So nothing. So nothing. He couldn't. So nothing. They had not one so documented. So he's basing his actions on hearsay from Fox News, yes. basically. And you can't even document them because when the cops tried to, you can't even. So there were rumors of accusations of incidents of heaven knows what. And this was starting to lead to widespread gossiping. So we had to. <laughs> yes, which you can't have. Yeah. So, you know, I just decided to throw everybody out of the park first and explain it all later. Yes. And, yeah. and and this is how the, the far right gets away with a lot of what they do is they they preemptively they create these rumors that they need to preempt yes the iraq war yeah. uh they're trying to build a case for a war with iran or at least a, a, a attacking their nuclear capability uh so they, they you know they just create this storm that then they are the uh savior and of. i guess changing our financial system is not the option to deal with it that, no that wouldn't work no you all. couldn't do that you have to find action is good there inaction is perfect if there's you know you have to find a way to yeah you can't change you can't actually do something mm -hmm. that would be constructive for our society you just have to find a way to shut the people up who are pointing out it's very inconvenient to have people pointing out uh the screwy things that are happening in our economy right mm -hmm. in the middle of the financial center of our economy mm -hmm. right so that's very you got to get rid of them so Okay, now I wanted to read very quickly from my Facebook page. Um, I posted the, an article about the police brutality in Seattle where they were macing pregnant women and for 84-year-old ladies. And because uh, that's what you, you know, when... Anyway, so this guy stops by and says, well, Jimmy, a friend of mine is undercover in Seattle. He has his men spending plenty of time with these nonviolent people. He says the talk amongst them has and is violent with a with a want to escalate towards violence violence towards innocent businesses who have nothing to do with the wall street situation if things do not play out the way they want they're going to use violence plenty of drug taking two deaths already down there and an obvious recruiting of those not so mentally sound into the movement what i'm asking you is what do they want to accomplish and what do you think and what do you think they will accomplish so that was this guy. Uh, I think that's a fa that's a fair question. Uh, I, I don't think that justifies them shutting protests. So down. what I said was, well, John, a friend of mine is also undercover inside the police department, and he says all they talk about is bashing nonviolent protesters' heads in and macing old ladies and pregnant women. And it's not just in Seattle; it's all over the country. And it turns out they actually have acted on these plans. I've seen videotape after videotape of cops beating the living crap out of nonviolent protesters, pepper spraying them, tear gassing them, even shooting a canister at an Iraq veteran's head and crushing his skull in. And then the people tried to give medical aid to the downed veteran. The cops threw a concussion grenade at them, which exploded a foot from his head. I've heard that the government was even planning on blacking out the press when they moved in to kick some ass. And then, son of a bitch, the government blacked out the press in New York, just like in the scary movies. So thanks for scaring me with your inside info, but even the BS stories about what the protesters might do don't sound half as bad as the crap the cops have already done repeatedly on video. So that's where that was kind of like my discussion. I didn't see that post because I was looking at all the porn that was on Facebook this week. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Paul, you had well, well, I was just going to say one, of the, one of the things that I wish that people uh, in in this movement would do is stop treating it like it's Woodstock and the chance to hang your freak flag because it. 
it takes momentum away from the movement and it delegitimizes anybody who hasn't decided yet how they feel about it. Because I think a lot of America uh, is probably one way or the other with it at this point, but there's probably also a lot of people that haven't decided. And seeing you, you know, walk nude, uh, smoking a joint uh, around the park is not helping the cause. There's a lot of nudity. Uh, there's some. There's been some. Shot on I thought was very good, though. Yeah. <laughs> right. Is there enough nudity to, to warrant me making a trip? <laughs> okay. well, that's why the cold is going to, I guess, put in yeah. into all the nudity, yeah. right? You know, I, yes. So, you know, I'm, I'm Paul. I hear what you're saying. When I went down to Occupy LA, it it didn't uh, make me f- is encouraged. It didn't mean either. Because I, I I expected to see those people. I expected to see people, you know, uh, the patchouli oil and the hippies yep. and what have you. I, and not that I disparaged those people, but I expected to see a lot more people who looked like me. Mm-hmm. And I didn't. And uh, maybe it was because it was a time of day I went or whatever, but uh, I don't think Occupy LA is the same as Occupy New York or the same as Occupy Seattle. I think that those, or Occupy Oakland, I think that those are different than the Occupy LA, right now anyway. Yes, okay. Right now. I think if if there was police action against the people in Occupy LA like there were in other cities, I think you would see a lot more people who look like us going down there every day. Yeah. That and that, that, but they haven't. The cops have been great in LA as far as they don't do anything, right. <laughs> they just let them do whatever they want, yeah. which is nice. They're not hurting anybody, they're not, they're, and they don't seem to be making a difference in LA because no one goes downtown, right? <laughs> right? You want to occupy something, you why don't you occupy the Beverly Center, right? Or oh, uh, yeah. uh, occupy Hollywood Boulevard, o- occupy Pink's Hot Dogs, <laughs> you'll see riots <laughs> if they try to prevent me from going to the Dairy Queen in the Beverly Center, then that's when I'll turn against. It's hell to pay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I understand. You get, you can't cross some lines. That's yeah. when. <laughs> some yes. Yeah, some people say just wait mm-hmm. for, anyway. So You'll here become a Republican. You know the greed has gotten so bad on Wall Street. Gordon Gecko actually called me no. to, talk, to tell oh, me wow. about it. Yes. Jimmy, this is Gordon Gecko from the movie Wall Street. <laughs> that's right. You've got fictional characters calling into your show now. (laughs) It's come to that. I mean, really, how often can Bill O'Reilly be drunk dialing you? (laughs) Anyway, I wanted to take a quick break from insider trading and cheating on my wife (laughs) to give you a ring on my humorously oversized cell phone. (laughs) I'm famous for saying that greed is good. Technically, I said greed, for lack of a better word, is good. There's a lot of film nerd nitpickers out there. (laughs) I learned that from the trivia page for Wall Street on IMDB.com. But either way, it's a sentiment that I still hold dear. Self-interest is the engine that drives our economy, our society, our culture. I mean, even a lefty like you has to admit that. You are driven by self-interest yourself, Jimmy Dore. Admit it. I mean, it's not as if you do a podcast, a radio show, and your own monthly live show all for free, is it? (laughs) But I had an epiphany the other day in my office while I was getting a blowjob from my secretary (laughs) and watching my dot matrix printer print green and white papers with financial number thingies on it. Greedy is the word for Wall Street people like me in 1987. However, 
Greedy is not even close to sufficient to describe Wall Street in 2008. It'd be like calling Ann Coulter a jerk. <laughs> There's got to be a stronger word. Sure, we were greedy. But we just wanted to make insanely large amounts of money. It didn't occur to us to try to accumulate all money. I mean, we weren't psychopaths. Sure, we turned our noses up at the bridge and tunnel schlubs who couldn't afford to eat where we ate. But at least we understood that we had to pay a few taxes here and there. So at least there would be bridges and tunnels to provide transportation for people that we turned our noses up at. And all we wanted to do was sneer at the have-nots, not masturbate, while thinking about the prospect of them and their families being tossed into an unmarked grave. <laughs> That's a little beyond greedy, don't you think? People used to ask me, Gordon, how much money do you need? How many yachts can you really use? I used to laugh at that question, Jimmy. But now I find myself asking the Lloyd Bank finds of the world. How many man-made islands off the coast of Dubai, built completely from a spiral network of marinas designed to house a navy of yachts, can you really use? It's a bad sign when we have to start quantifying wealth in terms of fractals. I guess what I'm saying is this. Gordon Gecko finds himself having sympathy, for lack of a better word, <laughs> for the Occupy Wall Street movement. Sure, they're a bunch of smelly drum circle playing patchouli monkeys, <laughs> but they have a point. When the game is rigged so blatantly in my favor, they have no chance, which is simply no fun for me in my ilk. For Gordon Gecko, it's all about the game. All right, Jimmy, I gotta run. I'm meeting Ivan Boski and Michael Milliken over at the Tavern on the Green for a few highballs. <laughs> We've got a table reserved for us in the cigar room under Bleeding Heart Socialists. <laughs> Ciao, baby. Can you show me a way to love? Tell me about the promised land and where it is. Possibilities and this modern miracle medicine is a sense of accomplishment. We've been walking a long road, every step is a milestone. Gotta pay the man his toll. I create nothing. For the 80% of you who listen to this program via the enhanced version of the show, which supports chapter markers, the following clip will include visual elements. Occupy Wall Street continues, and what I think is the single most absurd and compelling and horrifying piece of video so far, and I know we've seen videos of downtown Oakland looking like a war zone, literally like a war zone. We've seen people getting punched, people getting beaten with uh, police nightsticks after the policeman reaches above their head and smacks down. But something about the video of police at UC Davis pepper spraying a crowd of people that is sitting there. That's it. They're just sitting there. 
We've looked at the videos a bunch of times now, Lewis, and I'm going to play this for you. There's a couple of angles on this. And if you're just listening, what's going on here is that a police officer is uh, walking over and he, he just opens up with this pepper spray. I mean, how would you describe it? He, he basically just walks down the line. There's, there's a line <laughs> of people sitting. He just casually, slowly walks down the line while holding the spray and just hits them all in the face. From how would you say six to six to eight inches away, right? He's not very far away. Okay, here's the video and the audio for you to take a look and listen at. I mean, it's like a thick stream, and the people are just sitting there. Nobody's nobody's doing anything. And this guy's just spraying people over and over again. Who could have thought that this was a good idea? Like, how did the police officer get into his mind? They're all sitting there. I'm going to walk down the line and pepper spray everybody with what almost looks like a novelty. I mean, who even thinks that that's what it looks like? In the past, when I've seen pepper spray, it's like individual, very thin, like uh, a very thin stream. But this mm -hmm. is like a sustained, like it's, it's under it's pretty, pressure. pretty thick. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, like we pointed out to each other before, yeah. uh, while looking at a picture, they're surrounded by people with cameras, right? and they know that. So I guess clearly they thought they were within their rights, right? I, they must have thought this was an appropriate use of force. And if yeah. the goal is to get people to stop resisting, nobody's resisting. Everybody's already just sitting there quietly. Right, right. I mean, clearly they're accomplishing nothing except wasting uh, expensive spray and fueling people's desire to to be out there. Here's another angle of it that I'll show you and and you can see I don't know if w what this reveals. So there the guy goes. <laughs> and just ca very casually, the guy's doing it almost like you would walk down your garden and just casually trim off. You know, you might just like pull a weed out of your driveway. You're just kind of very mm -hmm. casually walking around, looking around. But the guy's pepper spraying people yeah. indiscriminately. And it's not like they're blocking a major street. I mean, clearly this is just a sidewalk. They're, they are, they're refusing to leave, and that's the reason that's being given. But you're right. They're not. I, I mean, this is, I mean, this is cop, a nonviolent protest. The cop walked over them. Yeah, he, he stepped yeah. over he them carefully to then pepper them. spray them in the face. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, at least the guy had the common decency. Of a, of a police officer to not stand right on top of them or behind them. He had the courtesy to walk around the protesters to then be in front to indiscriminately spray, uh, spray pepper spray all over them. Right. Is that, can we say that at least, if nothing else, about the police? In the dark, she's killing me with her uncommon Okay, what what do you think is the best thing, the thing about the show that is best and most appealing to to somebody who listens or watches? Um, let's see. You see, I would have to think about that. <laughs> is, this, is this the that hard of a question? Is it that is. What? It is a hard question. It's like, what is the meaning of life? You can't just uh, you can't just throw something out there. All right. Well, you know what? None of us know what the, what what's good about this show. None what we know is have... we have a show. We know the show exists. Pretty much. Well, if that doesn't make you curious. I don't know what will. Check out the David Pakman show at davidpakman.com. This is your moment of clarity from leecamp.net.
You've arrested us, you've tear gassed us, you've barricaded and pepper sprayed us, but we're bigger, stronger, and more resolved than ever. Perhaps you should try hurling other shit at us. Maybe a banana pudding spray or a baba ganoush grenade. Maybe that'll slow us down. Do you have any extra kitchen sinks? You could hurl kitchen sinks at us. Why are they still here, you're probably wondering. How is this happening? Well, I'm feeling generous, so I'll tell you why. You're fighting on the ground level in a quaint and, to be honest, barbaric manner. But we're fighting from our souls and our minds. We're waging a revolution of thought, a battle of ideas, a war to drag this country's subconscious anger into conscious passion. You can't pepper spray a fucking thought. So stop trying. That shit stings, goddammit. But it doesn't slow us down. It just makes us stronger. But it is fucking annoying. It's like if your opponent farts during an MMA fight. You're not going to forfeit, but you're like, ah, come on, man. Really? Here, I'll put all this in easier terms for you. You know the most recent X-Men movie? I think it was called uh, X-Men. We're going to keep making these until we're all dead. Anyway, in that movie, Kevin Bacon plays a mutant who, whenever he gets hit by a missile, just absorbs the energy and gets stronger. But the U.S. military only knows one solution to any problem, so they keep firing missiles. That's what you're doing, and it's just making us stronger. And coincidentally, Kevin Bacon, in real life, lost all his money in a Wall Street Ponzi scheme. Sound familiar? And coincidentally, Kevin Bacon was also once told he couldn't dance, and he just danced and danced and danced until the corporate elite were like, all right, you can fucking dance. So look into my eyes, mayors and senators and representatives and corporate motherfuckers across this country. We are Kevin Bacon. But really, if you want to look at the perfect symbol of fighting two different types of battles, look at the metal barricades that now fully surround Liberty Plaza. Let me repeat that. Metal barricades that surround Liberty Plaza in the shadow of the Freedom Tower. Billionaire Bloomberg thinks that he can cordon off liberty and freedom. They're very scary ideas, so we better put these little metal gates around them. We wouldn't want free speech just running rampant around the city. Unfortunately, it doesn't work that way. You're trying to sweep up mercury with a broom. You're trying to punch a dream. You're trying to stop a raging river with a spider web. Don't you get it? You've got batons, but we've got ideas. You've got mace. We've got memes. You've got false arrests. We've got our convictions. You've got horses, but we've got cats. Some of us. Some of us have cats. You've got handcuffs, but we've got the energy of generations of steadily increasing abuse. You're fighting a war for the landscape. We're fighting a war for the mindscape. You're driven by hatred, and your true bosses are driven by greed. We're driven by the possibility of a better world. We would welcome you on our side with open arms. Otherwise, you can just keep trying to tear gas a mental awakening. But it won't work, because we are your worst nightmare. We are. Kevin Bacon. Perhaps my youth concealed the truth by now forgets. I'm waiting to forgive you, but it hasn't happened yet. Oh, your mouth betrays your conscience. It's too comfortable to care. But even as the sun comes up, it's going down somewhere. So look me in the eye and tell me why you're bleeding. Love is just the word to you, and then just feel it. You said what you deserve, don't pardon Success by another 
when there's no one left to blame. Finally, of course, and most notoriously, the uh, incident last weekend at uh, UC Davis. I know UC Davis, University of California, Davis, at which um, several Occupy protesters seated and not moving and not doing anything uh, were pepper sprayed uh, in an iconic image by uh, Lieutenant John Pike of the UC Davis campus police. It's not like what the campus police were like when I was going to UC, I'll tell you. Uh, but, you know, it's there's been a, a trend, I guess, in the militarization of the police in the United States. Something I'm proud to say L.A. started a long time ago, but now it's spread all over the place. Even to UC Davis, an ag campus, if ever there were one. Um, if ever there was one. And... Um, the photograph of Lieutenant Pike spraying sort of ost- almost ostentatiously or ostentatiously at least spraying these sitting protesters. One of those photos became almost instantaneously iconic, uh, traveled around the Internet and became, uh, as it's known now, an Internet meme, meaning that a lot of people, the host of the show included, uh, photoshopped it into other situations. Uh, and... Um, the lieutenant and another officer of the UC Davis campus police have been suspended with pay, mid pay, pending an investigation by former LA and New York police chief Bill Bratton. When you want to investigate cops, ask a cop. Um, but it just strikes me that, um, you know, it's one thing to become an internet meme. It's another to have your own song. When I was a pup, I dreamed I'd grow up to be a scientist, a doctor, or an astronaut. But school was so rough, I had to be tough. More than I had to learn all that stuff I was taught. So I adjusted my goals, started meeting up pros, reset my sights on a line at the top. I go hard, I go long, I be Spray. 
On November 21st, New York Times reporter David Carr wrestled with questions about what the Occupy Wall Street movement might do next. Carr doesn't like the leaderless nature of the occupiers and doesn't care for their attitude toward the corporate media. Still, the movement has generated some important conversations about free speech and dissent, about which he wrote, quote, There were citizens screaming invective about the rich while being confronted by the police and riot gear, the kind of spontaneous uprising we have not seen in almost half a century, close quote. It's hard to know what Carr can mean by this. There were massive protests against the Iraq War across the country. Right here in New York City, the police faced off with demonstrators at the 2004 Republican Convention, arresting and detaining hundreds, often without charge. Is it the use of force that we haven't seen in 50 years? Hardly. Anti-IMF protesters in Washington, D.C. in 2000 were attacked by pepper-spraying police officers, just like we've seen in New York and Davis, California in recent days. It's encouraging that some journalists take the Occupy movement seriously, but it's troubling when they talk about demonstrators facing off against police in riot gear as practically unprecedented. Perhaps what they're really meaning to say is that those earlier attacks on free speech were woefully unreported. The mission of this show is to aggregate and amplify the best voices of the truly liberal media, and now you can play a critical role in helping fulfill that mission. I pick out the best clips I hear to share with you, and now you can do just the same thing extremely easily. Now available at bestoftheleft.com, each clip I play is made available individually with simple buttons that allow you to share your favorites on your networks through Facebook, Twitter, by email, and beyond. By myself, I can amplify this content to thousands of people, but collectively, we have the potential to reach millions. No kidding. Become your own media activist by taking one minute to share your favorite content a couple of days each week, help more people plug into the truly liberal media, and be an integral part of this extremely virtuous cycle. Thanks so much for your help. Okay, now let's move on real quickly to, we all saw what happened, the pepper spray incident right mm -hmm. up at UC Davis, mm -hmm. right? There was some, yeah. there were some students that were uh, peacefully protesting, and uh, well, what happened was the cops felt threatened, right? Because uh, when, when, when you're sitting down on the ground with your arms locked and your head down, it's just a matter of time before you spring like a, <laughs> like like a, a cobra. Yes, before you throw those shoulders back and uh, slowly get up off the sidewalk. <laughs> <laughs> Awkwardly, yeah. So the guy took out the guy, Lieutenant John Pike from the UC Davis uh, Police Force. It took out a uh, he, he took out what looked what looked like something you would spray your garden with, like <laughs> right? It looked like it, it, he took it out with a flourish. For a second, I thought he was going to make it disappear. <laughs> right, he like, waved it around like a magician. Now you see your civil rights. <laughs> Now you don't. Well, nothing up my sleeve. <laughs> but I'm going to make your civil rights disappear. That's right. Yeah, that, yeah that's very good. So, um, so I get. So before we get into all of that, first of all, it was it was funny to hear. Um, 
how they described it on Fox and Friends and Friends. Uh, no, this was actually Megan Kelly and uh, and Bill O'Reilly talking about, you know, pepper. It's pepper spray. It wasn't. So what they had to do was they had to downplay what happened to to justify their punishment fetish. Yes. Because right. Yes. The far right has a punishment fetish. They just that is is that stirs their soul unlike nothing else. Unlike nothing else, almost. Yeah. You're right. That is it is weird. So here's how they talk about it. First of all, pepper spray that just burns your eyes, right? Right. I mean. It just, just burns, burns your it just, eyes. It just burns your eyes, right? It just burns your <laughs> That's not a sensitive <laughs> part of the body, right. is it? It just burns yes. your eyes. Now, were there people making too big of a deal about it? I heard somebody describing it, and this kid was acting as if you know he had been dragged into a concentration camp. I thought that was a little over the top, but still, it is an absolute violation of civil rights. Oh, it's not even well, close. Well, it hurts, I yes. I yeah, mean, and plus, it really hurts. Yeah. Plus, plus it hurts. Plus, it really hurts. It's supposed to hurt. It's a, it is. More to this clip, by the way. There's more to this clip. First of all, pepper spray. That just burns your eyes, right? Right. I mean, it's like a derivative of actual pepper. It's a food product, essentially. Yeah. You know what? And if they think pepper spray is a food, I'd like to take Megyn Kelly to dinner. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah. You know, and lead bullets are really just essentially fat pencils. That's really all they are. And billy clubs are really just tickle sticks. <laughs> really? That's really what they are. Essentially, there's tickle sticks. That's right. Yeah. I've been tickled with them. So that's what... And then they also said that they were... Del- uh, they tried to... They said the pepper spray wasn't even that strong. Here's what they had to say. A lot of experts are looking at that and saying, is that the real deal? Has it been diluted because... Yeah, that should they should have more of a reaction. Yeah, than but that. I, that, yeah, yeah. There a lot of the experts. A lot of mm. the experts. You mean like you? You mean like bought and paid for corporate tools will say anything? Even downplay brutality by cops against college students protesting higher tuition. Even that. Those kind of experts. Yes, those are the experts. Yeah, those were Nerf Billy clubs. I don't know if you know this. Those <laughs> yeah. are Nerf Billy clubs. Sure. We shall overcome. Some take a minute to actually talk uh, real quick about pepper spray. <laughs> last night, uh, last night, uh, Fox News, on Fox News, on the o- O'Reilly Factor, Fox News' own Megyn Kelly was talking to Billo, and they were talking about the police raid at UC Davis, and, uh, <clears throat> you know, defending the police, obviously, a- and she actually said, she actually said that pepper spray is, quote, a food product, essentially. I wish that I was kidding. I wish that she, that I would that was some kind of a joke. She actually said that it's a food product essentially. Apparently, apparently Megan Kelly puts pepper spray on her inner soup or her salad or any types of her food. She finds pepper spray oppressively flavorful. She finds pepper spray burningly tasty. She finds pepper spray dis- disablingly delicious. This 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 is this is ridiculous. 
ridiculous. There's an article. There's an article posted yesterday at Scientific American. Um, you know, obviously, people on Fox News and right-wingers don't want to read anything with science in it. They want to avoid, like, the plague. Uh, but there was an article at Scientific American about the the real horrible dangers of pepper spray. Uh, now, 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 scientists... <coughs> so, in the article, scientists measure uh, burning on something they call the Scoville scale. Uh, so, for example, a, a, a sweet bell pepper, you know, a, a sweet bell pepper rates zero heat units on this scale. A habanero pepper, uh, which is a very hot pepper, uh, it's one of the hottest ones around, the habanero pepper, uh, it actually ranks 350,000 heat units on this scale. So again, so here, here are your benchmarks. A, uh, you know, a sweet bell pepper, zero heat units, habanero pepper, uh, 350,000 heat units. So, commercial grade pepper spray ranks between two and 5.3 million heat units. That's right. You heard me. Two and 5.3 million, million heat units. And the cops are using this military-grade pepper spray. The article goes on to say, <coughs> quote, Inhalation of high doses, doses of some of these chemicals, can produce adverse cardiac respiratory and neurologic effects, including arrhythmia and sudden death. This is what we're spraying university college students with. Something that can cause sudden death, neurologic effects, respiratory failure, arrhythmias. That's what we're using on kids. That's what we're using on nonviolent protesters. And then, you know, and again, this here's the thing. They're not only, not only are these cops spraying them in the eyes, which, which can cause permanent damage to the cornea. Actually, when I was at Occupy Boston, uh, the night of the raid, uh, the, the, the medics were saying, whatever you do, take out your contact lenses, because if you are pepper sprayed with this stuff, the, the pepper spray will forge the contact lens to your eyes and you'll have to have it like surgically removed it will melt your contact lens onto your eyeball that is what they're shooting people with but not only not only are you shooting into the eyes they, the people at uc davis were deliberately shooting it down the throats of protesters that's right down the throats which going back to the article can quote inflame the airways causing swelling and restriction this means that pepper sprays pose a genuine risk to people with asthma and other respiratory conditions um, yeah, uh, it's really, really goddamn dangerous. In the mid-90s, uh, the Department of Justice cited nearly 70 fatalities, uh, linked to pepper spray use. So I just, I wanna, I wanna, I wanna ask, I wanna ask all you guys something, and this is a very, very serious question. When is it okay for police to use violent force? When? When is it okay? Because, because right now, right now, it sure as hell seems like they're using it whenever the hell they want. It, it sure as hell seems like they're using it whenever the hell they feel like it. When, when can police use chemical agents like tear gas and pepper spray? Which, by the way, like I've said before on the show, tear gas and pepper spray, that is actually illegal for the United States to use on foreign armies. It's illegal to use on foreign armies because it's a war crime to use chemical agents on foreign armies. But it's, it's fine. It's fine in America to use it on American citizens, to use it on nonviolent protesters. That, that it's fine. But seriously, seriously, when is it okay for police to use violent force? When is it okay? You know when I think it's okay? You know when I think it's okay for police to use violent force? I think it's okay for them to use violent force 
when they are confronted with violent force. That is the only, only instance when it is okay, when they are actually confronting, confronted with violence. That's when, that's when it's okay. I feel like the freaking Marine in that video when he's screaming at the cops. These people don't have guns. They don't have guns. Cops are the ones with the guns. You guys are the cops are the ones with the freaking weapons. You have the weapons. And that's the thing. Pepper spray, tear gas, tasers, those are weapons. They are not supposed to be used just to make a cop's job a little bit easier, to make to make clearing out a crowd a little bit faster, a little bit easier. These are not conveniences for police. These are weapons. They are weapons that are supposed to be used when police are in physical danger. When they are in physical danger and and lethal force, i.e. a gun, is not warranted. That is when it's okay to use this stuff. When dealing, when dealing with nonviolent protesters, police are not in physical danger. You cannot look at that UC Davis video and say that these police officers were in physical danger as he sprayed those kids. Just because pepper spray and tear gas makes a cop's job easier, it doesn't make it the, doesn't make it the damn right thing to do. It doesn't make it the moral thing to do. Hey Jay, this is Nick from Santa Clara. I'm not, um, this call isn't exactly for the show. Um, it's kind of more of a suggestion on something you could be doing on your show. It occurred to me the other day when listening to a Rachel Maddow segment, segment about, uh, wealth distribution, when she was talking about these graphs she had, like, oh, look at this graph here, and you see how this blue line goes up that way, and, and how that red line, you know, doesn't, doesn't come up quite as quickly. It occurred to me, it would be really nice to have uh, screenshots like, like you did that one time uh, for, for things when people are talking about some graphics that they're putting up on the show. You know, um, Stephen Colbert does it all the time with, with uh, his word segment, and uh, a lot of your other sources do think like that, where they're referencing something that they're looking at. Um, and I don't know how much work it is for you to, to put in those still captures or anything, but... It would be a pretty cool feature to have for those of us stuck in iPod lands who, who don't, either for whatever reason, we don't have access to the clip's uh, original format, so we can't see what it is the person's talking about or anything. Anyways, just a suggestion. Uh, good luck. Keep up the, the good work with your show. Love it. Bye. Thanks, Nick. That one suggestion from one listener was enough to make that suggestion a permanent part of the show from now on. I'm sure a lot of people who didn't even know that functionality was possible are thanking you, too. Hi, Jay. This is Stacy from the San Francisco Bay Area. Wanted to call and let you know how much I appreciate the attention you've been giving in recent episodes to the Occupy movement. It's uh, it's a, an extremely important thing to be paying attention to, and... and uh, Thank you very much for, for uh, dedicating a few episodes to that topic. And in that vein, I have, uh, well, I couldn't call this a, a call to action, but uh, call it a holiday gift suggestion. Since uh, the day that I'm calling here is the day after Thanksgiving, Black Friday, uh, and uh, the day that people go rampaging out, spending their money and waving their credit cards, um, I thought I would I would uh, direct listeners to this idea. Um, the National Lawyers Guild 
is working with Occupy protesters. And the National Lawyers Guild is, um, gosh, they've been around since the 30s, and they're a um, progressive organization of lawyers that, that support and defend um, progressive causes. And uh, they're now um, providing legal support to the Occupy protesters apparently around the country. And they're uh, obviously uh, in need of donations for their legal defense funds. Instead of going out and buying people a new salad shooter or a new Thighmaster or whatever for this holiday season, how about making a donation to the National Lawyers Guild Occupy Legal Defense Fund in the name of a friend or a family member. You can do that at um, www.nlg, N as in national, L as in lawyers, G as in guild, org forward slash occupy. And there's all kinds of information on the website about what they're doing, and there's a donate button, and um, maybe that would be a, a good and novel and useful thing to do with uh, with our holiday shopping for this year. So thanks very much for providing this forum and uh, for doing a great show. And take care. And uh, take care, all you listeners. Bye-bye. Hey, Jay. This is Alex from Texas. Uh, I just want to say, first of all, hell of a show you're doing. Um, I think it's an incredibly useful tool just to kind of keep tabs on what's going on across a lot of different great uh, progressive media figures. The point I wanted to make, I was just listening to one of your episodes about Occupy Wall Street, and something I want to highlight that I hear sometimes from the progressive media, but not enough, that really needs to be driven home. You know, the Occupy folks are always painted as radicals, but who's really the radicals here? The the people they're fighting are the ones that want to radically uh, dismantle the things that have made this country great. Um, It's seen as kind of conventional wisdom that we have to uh, cut Social Security. See, that, to me, would be radical. They're, they're, again, you know, they're... uh, folks are basically dismantling the middle class. That's what has built our country since the 50s. Uh, getting rid of the, the protections that have built that middle class, that's what's radical. And I think that's the point that needs to be driven home again and again because the conventional wisdom, of course, has turned everything on its head. So that's the point that I wanted to make. And uh, once again, thanks for doing what you do. Hey, Jay, this is Bill from Lubbock, Texas. I just wanted to let you know something me and my wife did the other night. Uh, I, we went out and got some pizzas for the, our local Occupy, Occupy Lubbock. Took them four pizzas, man, and they were they were so gracious and and grateful. And, it, and it's just a good way to get out there and let them know that we're supporting them, and an excuse to get out there and say thank you and let them know that for every one of them out there protesting, there's a thousand of us that are grateful and supportive. So my call to action is for people to get out there and shake their hands and take them a snack or a bottle of water they always need that or a poncho or whatever um for the people that can't be out there themselves just to let them know that there's people supporting them thanks jay hello jay this is ronald from baltimore and i'm making my first call i love your podcast and i've already made a purchase through the link on your website I'm particularly impressed at your coverage of Occupy Wall Street and the sympathetic protests around the nation. I'm hoping somebody will either confirm or deny that the U.S. Department of Homeland Security is providing arms and tactics for the police response to these protests. The police just seem absurdly well armed for the scale of these nonviolent protests. 
I'm also very pleased that the Anti-Democratic Congressional Stupid Committee, sorry, Super Committee, has failed to reach an agreement. I'd like to suggest, as I do in my blog posting from today, it's freethoughtalmanac.com for November 22nd, that we should adopt the slogan, Not One Dime. That is, not one dime cut from social programs until all corporate welfare ends. Not one dime cut from social programs until the power of the 99% becomes proportionate to the numbers of the 99%. I'm talking about freedom and justice for all, not only for the richest or the well-connected or the powerful. Not one dime cut from social programs until the rest of us get our country back. I'd love to know what you think. Thanks. Bye. Thanks for listening, everyone, and thanks to all those who called into the voicemail line. If you would like to leave a comment, question, or activist call to action yourself to be played on the show, the number to dial is 206-202-3410. And uh, so today I just want to say uh, I want to promote something called uh, the Occupy Movie. It's the uh, it's, it's the bonus clip in for today's show for anyone using the Best of the Left app for you know smartphone. And uh, this stuff is really, really amazing documentary uh, footage. So go to OccupyTheMovie.net and there are, uh, at, at the moment, there are four short segments, you know, like eight to 13 minutes each, some somewhere in that neighborhood. And they are just incredibly well done, really, really well done short documentary films. And basically it's a movie about the Occupy movement that is being produced in stages in real time as the Occupy movement happens. It's, it's really amazing how quickly they're putting it together. I've done a, a bit of, uh, of documentary work myself and you know nothing, nothing that compares to what they're doing. And, and so I know how long it takes to do that stuff or how long it can take. And so they're doing an amazing job. So check that out, occupythemovie.net. And secondly, uh, my friend David Pakman of The David Pakman Show has launched a petition campaign to get his show on current TV. So if you like his show, you know, even if you don't listen to it directly, but you enjoy the clips you hear on this show and you want to be supportive, head to davidpakman.com. It is not spelled like the video game. It is P-A-K-M-A-N davidpackman.com and uh, sign the petition right on the right side of the screen. He would immensely appreciate it. So that's it for today. Speaking of immensely appreciating, I'm just going to thank a couple of members, a couple of longtime members here. Uh, David M. signed up for a Leftist Monthly membership back on March 26, 2010, and has stuck with the show month after month ever since then. And Stacy C. signed up for a Leftist Yearly membership on April 4th of the same year, 2010, and uh, and has, has also stuck with the show. So huge thanks to David and Stacy and all the members and donors who make the show possible. I couldn't do it without you guys, as I'm sure you're sick of hearing me say. Of course, everyone can help support the show just by telling everyone you know about it and especially by spreading the individual clips of segments you hear on the show. Easy way to do that through email or, or all the social networks is available in the show notes. You can stay tuned into the show between episodes by joining up with us on Facebook and Twitter. You can also donate your Facebook and Twitter accounts to us. That is incredibly helpful and all is explained on the website. And for details about the show itself, including links to all the sources and music used in this and every episode, all that information is always posted in the show notes on the blog. So coming to you from far outside the conventional wisdom of Washington, D.C., my name is Jay, and this has been the Best of the Left podcast, coming to you every third day, thanks entirely to the members and donors to the show, from bestoftheleft.com. Fine fine black and white, you took a picture that wasn't right. Burning oil